C-A-M-P-A-D-U-L-T-H-O-O-D Camp Adulthood Bridging the Millennial Divide One conversation at a time Interviewing guests Strangers and friends We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood Welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I'm Camp Adulthood, Shay Keats. And I'm the Resident Youth, Maddie Yergi. We are so excited. We have an esteemed guest. We haven't had a guest on in a while, and this is the kickoff of our new seasonal batching of episode approach, and we're so excited to have Amani Turner, who is a fabulous life coach. I've worked with her in the past. I can't say enough good things, so thank you for being here, Amani. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. So before we go into the segments, Amani, if you want to help our guests place you on the millennial spectrum, if you wouldn't mind sharing how old you are, where you grew up, and a little bit briefly about the work that you do now. Yeah. So I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, born and raised. I am 28 years old. I'll be 29 next month, Taurus gang. And right. And um, a little bit into the work I do, I help women live passionately fulfilling lives. So to me, what I what that means to me is I help women really dig into their passions, dig into their strengths, really embrace their gifts and help them bring those gifts into the world in a way that's meaningful for them. That's so awesome. I can't wait to dig into more of the origin story there and more of your work during the interview portion. So keeping it moving, Shay, do you have a hot topic for us? Well, I have a a hot topic slash millennial moment today that I just wanted to share (laughs) with you both and our listeners because I had had a day, so I wake up and I get on my email as I do, and I hadn't like checked my email all weekend, so it was like in my personal email it was, you know, 150 emails or whatever. So I'm going through. And then there's an email that's like your health insurance has been canceled for non-payment. And I was like, what the literal F, we are in the middle of a pandemic. I can't not have health insurance. And of course, I'm getting this on like April 5th and it says that my it was terminated as of March 31st. So I have been uninsured for five days. Like I could have been hit by a bus and now have millions of dollars of medical debt. But thank God that didn't happen. But anyway, long story short, I had to call my insurance company because I thought I'd just call right and be like, oh, there must have been an issue with my bank. Here's my credit card fine and dandy. And they're like, Oh, no, I'm sorry, we can't reinstate you. And I was like, I-, I don't understand why you can't just like click the button right here. I, I want to actively give you monies. Um, and they were like, Oh, no, you're basically canceled forever. You have to go back on the marketplace, rebuy your insurance. Oh, and you may not even be able to get insurance until November. And I was just like, my, my brain was so just blown by this whole interaction and this very sweet woman on the phone. I was like trying so hard to not freak out at her. Right. Cause I was like, Oh my God. So I get off and then I call the marketplace. I will say everyone I interacted with today was lovely. And I was probably like 
starting to rage out at times. So I appreciate everyone. Um, talked to this lovely young man. He like went through the whole thing with me. Um, and he was like the same time, like, well, I don't know what we'll be able to get you. And finally I go through the whole thing with him just to get, this is like two to three hours on the phone just to get back on my original plan. But then they give me like a $200 discount. I'm like, what is even happening right now? But then they say, oh, but none of this will start until May 1. And again, I'm like, well, we are still back in the same problem, right? Because I'm not insured and we're in the middle of a pandemic. So, but the, the reason I wanted to share this with our group is I think for millennials, health insurance is something, right? We all came of age kind of in the Obama era. The Affordable Care Act comes out. It's a huge difference. I really... So I guess 2000, whenever that was, like so late, late aughts, is that what we're calling that now? When, <laughs> when the Affordable Care Act was passed, and um, you know, so I went from buying insurance not on the marketplace. Uh, also as a solopreneur, I really never had a like a corporate health plan, so this is all like normal to me. Um, but the real thing that came out of it, and I feel like I have like some issue always comes up with my insurance, like. I don't know, once every three or four years. And every time I'm reminded by how fucked we are in this country. And I'm like, so for me, as again, calling my out my own privilege and being able to say, okay, as a entrepreneur, as an educated white lady, I was able to take my morning off to deal with this issue. You know, we didn't have kids at home today. So I was very lucky that I have all of this privilege that allows me to spend three hours on the phone to A, reinstate my insurance, to B, pay for insurance, um, and to C, you know, get this discount, right? And that's all luck, right? Luck and privilege that allowed me to do that. And then we have, so I, anyway, I guess I'm just sharing this because I had this moment where I was like, Think of all the people in our country who don't have that privilege, who can't take the morning off of work to deal with this, who don't. And I, again, I was super confused by about 60% of the questions this lovely young man was asking me on the phone. I was like, I don't understand what you're asking me. And he probably thought I was stupid, but I made him repeat himself over and over and over again because I was like, I'm afraid. But right, this fear that I was having in my heart that I was like, well, what if it comes back and it's $800 a month and I can't afford it anymore? Or what if it comes back and they're telling me I can't get on the plan? Or what if, you know, I was so afraid I was going to answer these questions wrong. And this is as someone who has, again, bought their own health insurance for 15 years. I still was so afraid. So I don't know if I have any great thing to come out of that, but just reminding our listeners, like, this is still a thing. Also, check your health insurance, maybe call the marketplace because they're having a special enrollment period. If you are a solopreneur, you may be able to get a tax credit like I did. Again, I work with bookkeepers and CPAs. This hasn't come up one time in all of the conversations we have about uh, the American Rescue Plan, et cetera. So apparently there's this additional tax credit people can get. So I wanted to let everyone know about that. But also, um, yeah, I don't know. Just it sucks. It sucks that we have to work so hard to be insured in this country on top of particularly for millennials, the debt, the student debt, all of this other stuff that we're dealing with. So, yeah, I think do better America. The part of that story, too, that I would be remiss not to mention, too, because Shay and I were kind of texting about this earlier, is that there's the added layer of if it hadn't worked out in the marketplace, you're also married, but you couldn't 
there was also the added complication of like if it's past the enrollment period that might not even be an option so it's like mm-hmm. why that's supposed to be so one of be- the main benefits of being married is that you can just yeah. get on the other person's health insurance so that was kind of baffling yeah. to me too so um Amani I was I got married six months ago so literally we just had our six month anniversary and I think the um like the time period for saying this is a life-changing event is six months so again of course the uh, the advantage is if I had wanted to get on my husband's life insurance we'd have their HR department who would be able to probably advocate for us but like there, there's no guarantee that I would even be able to get on my husband's plan until November it's insane which is just insane to me and I think so, the piece too like yeah. the cost of it I have kind of the opposite frame of reference where I just turned 27, so my the impact of the Affordable Care Act on my life is that I was able to stay on my parents' health insurance a lot longer, which is a huge gift. And my mom works for the government, so she has, like, the Mac Daddy Cadillac plan of health insurances that was, like, amazing. So this is the first year that I got my own health insurance through my job. And even just looking at all the corporate plans, of which there were only, like, four to choose from, took me, like, a whole afternoon's worth of work. I had to like talk to my dad and I was like, what should I do? And then even then, Shay was sharing with me how much she's paying for health insurance. And I was, it's like, I'm paying like a 10th of that. And I thought it was expensive for my corporate thing. So it's just insane. I don't know, Amani, do you have any thoughts on this topic as a fellow solopreneur slash student slash all of the above dealing with insurance? (laughs) Yeah, I just want to echo all of this and say it's ridiculous how complicated getting health care is and especially I feel like health care should be like standard mm-hmm. right I really do and um I do have to like this is really vulnerable for me to share I am currently not insured right now scary it's so scary like especially in a pandemic and so I literally I have left I've left the house maybe all of three times in the last year because I want to keep my family safe. I want to keep myself safe. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just feel like it should be a lot more accessible for people, especially as a solopreneur. Like I'm, I'm in the game by myself, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so it's, especially as people who are starting businesses, um, it's a lot to like, especially in the beginning, sometimes you're taking emergency and and praying every night, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of, that's where I'm at with the healthcare situation. Well, um, then maybe this information will help you, Amani. I would say give the marketplace a call. I'll shoot you the number when we're off um, that I called. Uh, because I, again, as a solopreneur, man, three I'll just tell everyone what I was paying. I was paying $390 a month and now to go to 115 I mean, that's actually, I hate to be like dramatic, but that's kind of a life-changing amount of money to have an extra 250 bucks in my pocket every month. So my $50 a month, I was like, that's expensive. Ugh. Yeah. So give them Crazy. a call and, but yeah, please everyone know that all, all of us solopreneurs out here are just it's hard it's hard to get insured yeah, so I thought about that too just like as you look to like getting older and things like that it's also like changing jobs and having to redo like I'm in the process right now of like trying to find a new therapist and so trying to find something that's not like 
$18,000. Like that's through your insurance. But if I ever were to leave my current job, it might not be insured. And then I would be doing all of this all over again. So that I, I totally echo. I think there's no easy answers and there's a lot of different pieces to it, but it's clear that it's bad on all sides. I think no one likes it. No one's a fan. I've never met one person that's like, I love, like there's all those phantom people that are like, I love my insurance. I love the system, but I have not met one of those people in real life. Um, totally. And thank you, Imani, for being um, so candid and vulnerable and sharing that with our listeners. Oh my gosh, of course. I feel like it's so sure important. There's a lot to... of people. Oh, I was just going to say, there's, I'm sure, a lot of people in my same boat, in the same mm-hmm. camp that I'm in, of not being insured and just being careful and taking vitamins and you know, taking lots of Robitussin and hoping, hoping for the best. Like that's, that's reality for a lot of people. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. All right, Maddie, what is your hot topic slash millennial moment? Um, I feel like I've talked to Shay about this. Amani has not heard, but well, maybe I didn't talk to you about it. I don't know. I'm very excited by this concept of the 10,000th day of life party. Does anyone know what this is? So yes, you told me. Midway through, so I'll back up. My birthday this year is on January 26th. Obviously, during the height of the pandemic, it was cold. There was nothing happening. I ordered Mexican food and watched Love Island, and it was quite a delight, but not the birthday that I'm used to. And I'm someone that I like throwing parties. I like doing that kind of thing. You know, I'm not like a huge partier, but like for birthdays and stuff, I think special occasions, it's nice. And so I decided, I I learned about this concept actually from Jim, who Amani also knows all about Jim. We're obsessed. Is he still in the picture? Side note. Yeah, he's <gasps> my boyfriend now. I put it in the Slack. Did you not see in the Slack? I did not see in the Slack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a fish. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, so I guess that's a Camp Adulthood exclusive, too, because I haven't talked about it on the podcast. But Jim woo, woo. is still around. Very excited about that. Um, very exciting to be hinge success story and be off the apps now after like literally no time at all. It's been great. Testament to Amani and Lily's work, which we'll get into later, I'm sure. Um, but I guess midway through your 27th year is when you have your 10,000th day on earth. So my 10,000th day on earth is June 13th, 2021. And so I'm going to do like a kind of half birthday, 10,000th day of life, birthday makeup party. And I've decided it's going to be hot girl themed. I'm going to dress up like Megan Fox. I already bought a wig. We're so jazzed. I'm so into this. I can't even handle it. Yeah. I did not hear about this Megan Fox dress up, though. This is very interesting. Yes. I'm going to, on the invite, I'm going to say dress up like the hot girl of your choosing so people can choose oh. what their vibe is and mine is going to be Megan Fox I'm literally obsessed I will be sure to post many photos but yeah I'm just excited like this weekend was Easter I had like a low-key like kind of outdoor thing I got to sit outside and like soak up the sun and I also went hiking this weekend and I was just like oh it just I'm so excited. I literally had to make a spreadsheet of all of my summer plans because I'm like, I'm booked up already. I got to make time to like do all this stuff. Um, but I'm so excited. It's gonna be great. 
I love the 10,000th day of life party. And I'm a little sad that I've missed my own opportunity to have a 10,000th day of life party. What about what? So if it's, if 10,000 is at 27, so 20,000 would be when you're like 50. Old. Yeah. Okay. That's In fine. Your 50s. I can yeah. do that. So yeah, you could do, you it. could split the difference and do 15,000. Lots of options. So hot take Amani, who would you dress up as for hot girl summer party? You know, to be honest, I, Maddie, when you said hot girl, and since it's in the summer, and you said you were going to dress up as Megan, I immediately thought, like, Megan the Stallion. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, shit, like, yeah, let's go <laughs> there. So I feel like I would dress up as Megan the Stallion. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Upset. I think I think I would take this in a completely different direction and I would dress up as Dolly Parton. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Amani, you can't see, but I'm very busty lady. So I think I would just roll with that and be, I was, I'm like getting ready. I'm excited to watch the documentary, the most recent one on Netflix about Dolly. And I'm like, you know what? Oh, I think yeah, her vibe, like in the 70s, 80s, I think I would rock that. That would be my hot girl summer. I'm so into that. Yeah. Love it. That's amazing. Excellent. Amani, right. do you have a burning hot topic for us? And if not, we can roll into the interview, but. Well, I think my millennial moment slash hot topic, I watched Versus last night. I don't know if y'all have heard of it. I haven't. No. Okay, so basically Versus is produced by Timbaland and Swiss Beats. And Bob. it's, yeah, it's a web series where they get two basically like legends and they go head to head, head to head, um, in air quotes. And they really just sing their top hits. And it's so much fun. They've had um, Jill Scott versus Erica Badu, which was incredible last night they had earth wind and fire versus isley brothers which was incredible it was hosted by steve harvey of uncle steve basically <laughs> and they were all just sitting around the couch like drinking ciroc and singing all of their songs and it just felt like the best family reunion it was so wholesome and nostalgic and I found myself going, oh, they did that? Because there's so much music that's sampled from these staples like the Isley Brothers and Earth, Wind & Fire and all of that. So it was really, really dope to be able to hear the original and to, and to so see their awesome. cute little faces. Yeah, they're like old now and cute and like their beard's great. It's, they're just precious. <laughs> That sounds so fun. I'll definitely have to check that out. That sounds awesome. I love that basically they took lip sync battle and made it serious. <laughs> exactly. Like, right? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's so awesome. much fun. That's and awesome. you said, is it a web series or where do we find it? Yeah. So you can find it on Instagram and Apple TV um, is versus I think it's v-r-z-u-z if i'm not awesome. mistaken but we can put we'll that somewhere it. yeah we yeah. will for sure awesome love that hot topic yeah. all right so yeah. without yeah. further ado we can jump into 
the interview portion with Amani. So I can give a little bit of background of how I know Amani and the work that we've done together. And then I'm so interested in hearing kind of more about your journey of how you got to this work. But Amani was the amazing mindset coach for our Date Brazen Breakthrough cohort, which I've talked a little bit about on this podcast. And it honestly changed my life, like truly, even now, especially now in hindsight, like I think when you're in it, you're doing the work and it's, you know, life's just kind of hitting you. But now that it's been a couple of weeks since the program's ended, I'm like, honestly, best money I've ever spent. It was amazing. And I think for me specifically, I was very drawn to the community aspect of the program and the tactical stuff. And I didn't really know what to expect with what a mindset coach does or what that even is and what Amani's like purpose was in the group. And I've talked about on this podcast before too. I've I struggle a lot. I'm very type A. I tend to over intellectualize everything. I'm very empathetic. So I tend to just be like, my feelings don't matter. Everything is fine. Like I also have a lot of privilege myself. And it's whenever I encounter people who have less privilege or come from a background that's not similar to mine, I tend to give them a little bit of a free pass. And so I was coming into the program with that kind of disconnect between the mind and the body. And I feel like through just the two sessions that Amani and I did, I was like, whoa. And also in our la- in our second session, I was very much struggling with like, do I keep swiping while I'm seeing Jim? And then I was like, no. And through her coaching me, I was like, actually, no, I don't want that. And that turned out, I think, so far, knock on wood, to be an excellent decision. So I just wanted to give that personal thing up front to just talk about like the power of this work, because I feel like when you're talking about life coaching, mindset coaching, all this stuff, it's very kind of ethereal, and a lot of people don't know what impact you can have on your life. So anyways, just wanted to throw that out there. So Amani, maybe you can walk us through. I know you were in school, in psychology, and now have your own business. So maybe you can walk us through how you got um, into this work that you do. Yeah, totally. So I, before I got into my work as a life coach, I was actually working on my PhD in social psychology with an emphasis in personality. And around my second year in the program, I was starting not to feel it anymore, like in my soul. And if any of you, any of the listeners have been in grad school, it's not in, it's not a walk in a park at all. It's not meant to be easy. And I just wasn't feeling it anymore. It, it was mundane, humdrum. I was going through the motions. And I honestly, it all started when I was joining this online workout group called Turn Up Squad. And I was starting to really boss up my life in all the ways, right? I was getting more healthy. I was feeling more joyful. And I started to look at my life and say, what am I doing here? Like, I don't like this. And honestly, I come, so for those of you who have never seen me before, I am a black woman and I have been told all my life that you will have to work five times harder to get a fraction of what your counterparts will honestly earn and you know you have to 
have all these accolades to be taken seriously, right? So it took me saying, like, yes, I get that. And I don't have to do something that feels fucking miserable to me. Mm-hmm. Because I was miserable in grad school. Like, yeah. yes, like, honestly, I was traumatized to the point where I was helping write a book chapter with my mentor. And mm. I, it was due the night before, and I thought I had to go to the hospital. I had a, no. a migraine so bad. I've never felt anything like this before. I was like, this isn't worth it. And I was talking to my best friend about it. And I told her, I said, you know, if this ever happens again, I'm walking away. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I'm, I'm walking away. And sure enough, a few years later, I was helping a research assistant with her senior thesis. And I submitted it to my mentor. And he was basically like, this is this is all wrong. Like you have, like, is there a way you can meet with her and fix it? Meanwhile, this is 7 PM and her submission was due at midnight. And I was like, okay. So I put it out there in the universe. That was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. And I understand that every single, like, whatever it is that you end up doing has a, I think um, the author of Big Magic said this, and you know, you just have your special flavor of shit sandwich, basically. And (laughs) it's just a matter of like, okay, are you willing to deal with this? And at that point, I was, it was not, it wasn't it. That was not it for me. And I've always felt this pull toward counseling before I knew what life coaching was. And it was just a matter of me feeling the call and not being able to ignore it anymore. And it was really this mix of like that happening and me, you know, getting hooking back up with Lily, who was a date coach or who is a date coach and was at the time. And all the universe just aligned in this way that, presented me an opportunity to pursue coaching and explore what that was and I have felt so aligned in my work and I feel so passionately about it and it feels it lights my heart on fire to be able to work with women and help them find the courage to follow their passions too because ultimately that's what I did yeah. that's awesome oh my gosh I love that story so much I like heart bubbles all over right now um (laughs) one of my favorite things is encouraging people to drop out of grad school so I was like yes you are my my type of person yes (laughs) even though I didn't personally do that but um what an what an incredible incredible story and um gosh being a very poor interviewer right now because I had so many thoughts they just all went out of my head at all went out of my head at once. Um, but talk a little bit um, for us, Amani, about the the type of women that you work with and the type of problems that you're solving. Because I think often when people hear mindset coach, they think, what does that mean? And what will that work 
look like. Um, and again, I always like to refer everybody back to, we did an episode with a therapist. Gosh, that was quite, quite a while ago now, but we talked about the difference between therapy and coaching. And maybe you also have your own take on that as well. I'm always interested in hearing coaches talk about um, um, that difference and how those two tools can be used in tandem. Yes. So the women that come to me are basically where I was about two to three years ago, looking around their lives and saying, huh, I'm really not into this anymore. I'm not lit up by anything that I'm doing right now. And they have a calling on their heart that has either been shut down by themselves or by the humans around them. And these women have a spark inside them that they are finally ready to listen to and follow. It's kind of like Elsa in Frozen 2. I don't know if you've seen it, where Elsa in the beginning of the movie is like hearing this song in her heart and she's like, no, I don't I don't want that. But it gets to the point where you can't ignore it anymore. And that's where the women that work with me are. And the mindset work that goes into that is really about reframing those fears that's really the majority of the work that I do is helping women be able to recognize their fears and move with them instead of trying to get rid of them I don't know I'm I belong to the camp that I feel like trying to get rid of your fear is not it's not productive to me Mm -hmm. I don't I don't think it is at all for me it's about recognizing it and then being able to move with it. So I'm, it's really important to me to be able to help women fix their relationship to fear. And so that they are able to have a productive conversation with their fear. And so this is also really important to me um, in terms of like the therapy conversation. I, a lot of the women that I work with have therapists as well. And so I don't focus so much on healing the fear, right? I'm about moving forward with it. So compared to therapy, where you would really take a deep dive into what caused the fear and peeling back the layers and how that affected your life and really like shining a light on that and making sense of that, which in coaching, we do touch on a tiny, eensy beensy bit, and the focus is more of moving forward from it. Yeah, I think that makes sense. The moving forward piece, and I think what's so interesting about it, and what I've enjoyed about working with you and other mindset coaches and life coaches that I I follow because I think it it is such an all-encompassing term so I'm glad you went into more of the specifics around and you can correct me if I'm wrong I feel like you you want to be with women who have like a specific goal in mind where like in the context of when you and I were working together it was like everyone in the program kind of had different goals but it was all in the container of like we are all dating we are all seeking partnership in some aspect so there was like a forward-looking goal whereas therapy I think it's focused on the person themselves. And there is, I think, some overlap in that Venn diagram. Um, But I really liked, you know, just having the mirror back and also the fact that you are so relatable. I think this is a topic that's being talked about a lot is like, you know, 
you don't want a, a life coach that's just going to like tell you what you want to hear, but you want someone who's had enough life experience and is at a similar place of life as you that they understand your struggle. Um, so do you find that you draw from areas of your own life or how did you kind of learn how to be a life coach in a sense, going from being in the grad school program to now having this business and working with Lily and all the other stuff that you're doing? Yeah. So I do draw a lot from my own experience, given, given that I have been where these women are, right? And I actually have taken many um, life coaching trainings. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm, so when I was first like getting on the train, actually it was Lily who suggested that I um, go into life coach training, not suggested, but told me that was an option for me. And personally, I felt more comfortable and I felt more in integrity having that training personally. Now there's no, I, there's no like, and of course we can edit all the pauses out. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You're doing awesome. Thank you. There's, there's no like requirement for life coaches to have training, which I feel can be a blessing and a curse. Right. So I wanted to be able to feel like I was putting my best foot forward into going into a field that I honestly had no knowledge about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, it is interesting because that life coaching and coaching in general is an unregulated industry. And um, I will say, uh, Amani, one of the reasons I'm very excited to meet you is when I work with my business coaching clients, I'm always like, I don't do mind stuff. So I'm always looking for people to refer clients to because I'm like, I don't want to touch that. <laughs> so I'm very excited to, we'll have to talk uh, off, off mic and I'll get your referral information so I can send people hopefully over to you. Um, but you know, so it, it's not regulated so that it makes it, it's a really difficult industry, right? Because you want to make sure that you're doing your best and you're doing right by your clients and you're having the right types of conversation, but, but there's also not a lot of guidance and then there's like ickiness too. So how have you found navigating that world, um, to, to have been for you? Or yeah. you're probably still navigating it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say, I'm very much still in process <laughs> in terms of navigation. And it for me, it's not necessarily um, picking a coach that has a certification. Because I, I personally don't think that makes or breaks a coach and their ability to coach. For me, what I found the most important is actually getting on the phone with a coach. So it's kind of like picking a therapist, right? Like you want to be able to make sure that you click with your therapist. You want to be able to make sure that you click with your coach and be able to know the kind of questions to ask, right? So things like what have your past clients, you know, what have they seen or what have their results been? What's your process? what's like what's the client journey that you take them on and I think those are really important questions to be able to navigate as a coach and as a potential client shopping for coaches yeah that really makes sense what have you seen I assume you work with 
a lot of millennial women and women around our same age collectively. What do you see as, you know, kind of the collective generational issues? Like, are there themes between clients and general things that you see clients seeking this type of coaching for with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the umbrella of people not being able to really follow their passions and follow what lights their heart on fire is fear. And if we can even granulate that fear, I think the top thing that I see is fear of failure. Right? And so the mindset shift that I like to offer to the people that I work with is how are you defining failure? Because a lot of the women that I work with who are wanting to pursue something else or add something else to their reservoir is like, what if, what if this doesn't work out? Or like, what if nobody buys my art? Or what if nobody listens to my podcast? What if nobody listens to my YouTube? You know, what if no one sees my YouTube channel? And what if I just go up there and sound stupid? Right? But there's, you have the power to redefine failure. And one of the things that I absolutely love, one of my dear friends had and she defines failure as not going for it. And I love this so much. And I use this as an example literally everywhere because this definition has no attachment to any outcome at all, right? Because no matter how hard we try, no matter how much blood, sweat, and tears we can put into a project or anything, we can't control the outcome. So what if we defined What if we looked at the outcome as how good you feel while you're pursuing this thing? Yeah, this is the part. So for the listeners, if you're like, what is she talking about? The first time I heard Imani (laughs) talk about this stuff, I was like, I don't get it. This is not for me. I was like, I want facts and figures and like tangible (laughs) stuff and... I it just like didn't resonate with me at all and I think there's a lot of techniques and things like that like I think a lot of the coaching that you do that you've described Imani is kind of this like talking active coaching sitting there asking people questions having a dialogue but there's also you have a lot of expertise in meditation you introduced me to tapping. I'd love for you to talk about what that is and some of the like health benefits of that. Um, and we're also big fans on an amateur level on this podcast of all the like woo-woo stuff. So maybe you can talk about any of those that are speaking to you now in terms of what's been helpful for your clients and just providing a little bit of framework outside of you know the talking and the questions that you ask your clients. Like what are some you know, things that maybe people are like, ooh, I've never heard of that, but maybe I'll try. Yeah, so one of the things that I absolutely love doing and that has personally changed my life is called tapping. That's also called um, emotional freedom technique. And basically you can think of tapping as if affirmations and 
acupressure had a love child, it would give birth to tapping. And basically what you're doing, it's based on like the idea that there's different energy meridians around the body and you're tapping on those different areas. And as you're tapping, you're saying these different statements. So for example, if someone is single, um, you can tap on, you can tap on like how lonely you feel. And what I love about tapping is that it just shifts that energy. Mm -hmm. And so you're able to look at where you are right now. So you tap on where you are right now, and then you tap on how you want to feel. And it's absolutely mind blowing. And you can tap on anything too, as well. So, so oh. I, oh, oh go on. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay, so I have... Oh, I'm sorry. I think my internet was, like, cutting out or something. Oh, no I worries, can, like, no worries. Right. So you were saying that you can tap on anything. Yes. Yes, you can tap on absolutely anything. I'm a really big manifester. I love manifesting work. So I've tapped on, like, calling in money and calling in all kinds of things. If, and I kid you not, I can't make this up. Like, as soon as I've gotten done with a tapping session, I've gotten a new client or I've gotten, like, paid. And I'm not to say, like, this is magic or anything like that, but it's really just about clearing out what's holding you back and being able to call in what you want. And I know that's very woo-woo and very, <laughs> but it's... um it is scientifically based and I can, you know, find articles and things like that. It's not very top of mind, but yes. Yeah. It's... I think I was very, so like to describe it a little bit more, like you said, like the meridians, it's like you're tapping on like physical areas of the body and there's like a specific sweet sequence. So it's like, you might be tapping yeah. on your temples and then like tapping on the top of your head and then tapping on like your chest and there's, and maybe we can like, I know Amani, you've sent me some of these, too like there's youtube things if you just google tapping there's like a lot of resources but we can link to some stuff but it's like you're saying like amani was saying you're saying something as you're tapping and you're going like around your body so it's kind of a verbal and a physical thing and again like most things i'm very skeptical and i was like this feels kind of stupid i don't know why i'm doing it i'm tapping away like it's great and it was at the um the date brazen retreat that we did some tapping and then we went right into like a visualization meditation and my body just felt like so buzzy after the tapping and it really did like change it shifted my mindset and it changed and then going into like the sessions that we had in the afternoon that were a little bit more tactical I was like I'm receiving more of this information because we had the baseline of the tapping and the meditation with Amani so I would highly recommend and I think especially for people that are a little turned off by like mantras or chanting things without like the physical movement like I like the physical movement because I can sometimes be a little bit of a fidgety person and I think the tapping really helps get some of that like nervous energy out oh 100% um, Amani can you give because um, this is all new to me so I'm just soaking it all in um, can you give an example of what 
is one of those affirmations or, or mantras that you would say while you were doing the, the physical tapping? Yes, yes. So um, let's say if we were going to tap on, let's see. So if we were going to tap on feeling lonely, right? So there's a sequence. So it's not one thing that you say over and over, but, mm-hmm. an, intro, but an intro would be, would chop, chop on the karate chop point on the side of your hand. And an example would be, even though I feel so lonely right now, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Okay. Yes. And then the rest of the sequence would be, oh my God, I'm so lonely. I feel like I'm going to be alone forever. Oh my God, what's wrong with me? And sometimes some people are like, why would I want to tap on the negative? Like, aren't -hmm. aren't we supposed to, especially in the manifestation world, Mm -hmm. um, where it may feel like, oh, but I thought I was only supposed to talk about the good things. Yeah. Well, Honestly, I think if we don't look at what is really beneath the surface and we don't talk about those fears or talk about what is really holding us back, I feel like we can get into the lane of bypassing, Mm. right? I feel like we call in what we feel like we're able to receive or what Mm. we believe we're able to receive. So once you actually take a good honest look at where you are then you can move into I feel like I'm going to receive the love of my life I know I'm beautiful and whole and you can reaffirm and tap tap all of that in and yeah that's basically tapping one on 101 yeah I love that and you can put on the essential oils and crystals we love a good crystal mm-hmm. oh my gosh i have my money crystals over here in the corner <laughs> yes yeah. which yeah. ones bring money Ooh. um so my favorite and the game changer for me has been pyrite oh yes i love my little my pyrite she's beautiful and i have a clear quartz right next to her and a clear quartz is really supposed to amplify that energy and mm-hmm. like put it on blast. So I I love those two together. I just I feel so abundant even just in their presence. That's awesome. Love that. I love that. Thanks. Do you have any so, Yeah, go ahead, Shay. Oh, well, I just wanted to ask Moni what the big goal is for her amazing business and moving forward and and who do you want to help what's the big picture ooh um, that's a great question so at the end of the day i want to be able to scale and be able to reach as many people as i can and right now i genuinely don't know what that looks like Mm-hmm. I my really big dreamy goal is to be able to talk to a lot of people like a stadium of people and be able to like love them up and pump them up and mm-hmm. get them to believe in themselves and love themselves and mm-hmm. really be able to believe in themselves and love themselves so wholeheartedly that they're willing to take a chance on themselves yeah yeah that's so powerful that thank you 
That's awesome. Well, I feel like that is a great place to go into our archery range. Oh, yes. The archery range. This is a new one. We didn't give Amani the heads up on this. So at the end of the interview, we ask you a series of rapid fire questions and you can just answer off the top of your head. It doesn't have to be like top favorite thing can just kind of go off the cuff just to get to know you a little bit better um, on the the personal side a little bit. So I'll kick it off. Your favorite book. Ooh, okay. My favorite book right now is The War of Art. And it's such an amazing book. And it's really all about pushing through the mindset goals and like the and not pushing through the mindset goals. It's about pushing through the mindset blocks mm-hmm. and really being able to have the courage to really bring your creativity to life, whatever that looks like. Big fan. Love that. Favorite childhood snack? Ooh, Frosted Flakes. That's Favorite year of school? Mmm, second grade. Oh. Yes, yeah, she was so, my teacher, Mrs. Homer, she was the most incredible teacher. She really, you could tell she loved her students so much. And we just did such cool things in her class. Like we had a butterfly net and it was so much fun. And we grew butterflies and our principal had a garden. And once they like I hatched, for lack of a better word, <laughs> Once the butterflies came out of their cocoon, we let them out, we let them out in in our principal's garden, and it was so cute. Oh, love that. Uh, favorite movie? Mm, oh, favorite movie. What would be my favorite movie? That's a hard one. Okay, so I feel like off the cuff, <laughs> off the cuff, I feel like Mean Girls comes to mind. It's such mm. a classic. Yeah. And. It's just, it's just funny. I love it so much. It's a, a great one. choice. Favorite TV show? Ooh. I think my favorite TV show would be the show called Revenge. Mm. Oh, I've heard of this, but I haven't watched it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Highly recommend. It's about this woman whose dad was set up <laughs> and she is basically going after every single person who had even the slightest <laughs> dealing in her dad getting set up. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen ever. Wait, important question. Is this show still going on? No. So it okay. ended a few years ago. I I think it may or may not still be on Netflix. Sure, I but it's so good also loved the show and probably watched like the first like four or five seasons and then I moved or something and I didn't I never watched the end of it so I'm like now you're reminding me I need to go back and I love the actress that plays the girl she was also on something else that I really liked but now I can't remember what her name is but anyway I liked her a lot anyway I know we're not supposed to get chatty during these we're supposed to keep the arrows flying um favorite crystal Ooh. ooh. I think my favorite crystal would be mm, opalite. Mm. What's that one supposed to what do for you? Do? Yeah, so that one, it helps with anxiety. And it also helps with 
transitioning, like a life transitioning. So good, so grounding. It also helps like connect to your intuition. Love yeah. her so much. Love it. As our I listeners, hold my yeah, light. I was gonna say our listeners can't see, but Amani <laughs> has her crystals right there, and she's showing us a little demonstration. <laughs> that's awesome all right well i feel like that's a good place to end amani where can our listeners find you plug all the stuff we want to follow you we want to buy stuff from you give us the deets yes so you can find me at imani nicole so it's i m a n i n e k o h l i and i'm that across the board instagram facebook imani nicole.com and I just cannot wait to connect with all of you. Yeah. Wonderful. So Thank you so much, Imani. We just really appreciate you coming and spending the hour with us. And um, I'm, I'm super excited to have met you and can't wait to see what comes next. So. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Yay. All right. So. Thanks campers. All right. Campers. Um, we will see you next week. As a reminder, we are now, this is, I guess, season two, since season yeah. one lasted three years. Yes. <laughs> um, now we're starting season two. So what that means is we're going to have six to eight episodes back to back. Then we'll take a little break and then we'll be back again with another six to eight episodes. So we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. Camp Adulthood is hosted by Maddie Yergi, Resident Youth, and Shay Keats, Camp Adulthood. We are produced by Jenny Mayfield. And this episode was recorded in Maddie's living room. You can find us on social media at camp underscore adulthood. You can email us hello at campadulthood.com. And you can visit us at campadulthood.com. Please also find on our website, there are links to our Patreon page where you can be a subscriber. And there are many cool prizes. Thanks, campers. We hope that you enjoy your stay at camp. Uh, don't hunt.